0: Welcome, one and all, everyone, to episode number 88 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rayhall, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and we are coming to you live in front of a taped audience at Castle Wolfenstein. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, the, the what the hell did I call you, the Goddess of Giggles and the Princess of the Plague. But I'm not what do you have in your hand right now? CVS brand Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. Oh, what a relief it
1: is. It's so
0: weird. It's the Ironborn agent, Nicole. Well, that. sweetie,
1: you're supposed to put it in water. You're not supposed to just take it. Yeah. Oh, no, you I don't, know, don't just chew them. Here. You look rabid. It's like Pop Rocks on my tongue. <laughs> I got,
0: I got, got taken pop in pop by rocks. the dog catcher. They thought right
2: I had out. rabies.
1: Oh, my God. So I hissed at them. Oh, my God. Did you ever try the Friendly's ice cream, the cotton candy ice cream? Oh, my God. With the Pop Rocks in it?
2: So good. They still have it. Well, do they thing. really? Yeah, there's a Friendly's near where we work, and they have it, I think. The new one? Oh, my
1: God. Do you want, Let's go out for ice cream sometime.
2: Yes.
0: I mean, let's we should do it to, like Let's this go out week. to ice cream all the time.
2: Yeah, well, that too. Well, my
1: thighs don't need ice cream all the time, but You yeah. can have as
0: much ice cream as you want. I like your thighs.
1: Oh, thanks! Rubber kids, thick thighs save lives. Wow! So, uh, PSA that,
0: message that right there. there that you, was, I
1: mean, you have no idea how many times I would have dropped my phone in the toilet if it wasn't for my thunder thighs. Like, <laughs> thank you, genetics.
0: And right there, that was, of course, the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, and
1: Wallflower.
0: Yes, this is uh, <laughs> Ash's Vaughn Nightmare.
1: Hello, everyone. Guess how much wine I've had to drink. Two Not bottles, enough. All of it. All the wine.
2: I'm and sorry to get you wine for lunch. That's are, okay. We are, of course, you.
0: joined again, and I'm going to say it because it's true. The hardest working man in podcasting, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. I haven't heard that in a whole week. I know, it's been a while. Yeah. It's good to hear. Uh, it's good to be here as well. Yes. Well, I mean, without you, we couldn't do the show, so thank that's you for true. being here. Well, uh, technically you could, but you just, it wouldn't sound as good. We wouldn't have any promos.
2: We would to give you money to do it, which is that's... very, that's very.
0: <laughs> you guys could pay yourselves. No, <laughs> we're not worthy. We're not worthy of it. Nobody would pay me for this.
2: No, I wouldn't pay you for shit.
0: Yeah, whatever. I'm just jealous.
1: I
2: deserve to be I'm paid for jealous. a lot of things. Stop saying we're people are jealous of you. We're not jealous. The only time we're jealous is that you have a hot wife. Oh, hey, who is she? <sighs> <laughs>
0: just so, just being honest. If you uh, if you didn't know. Uh, uh, this past week, uh, if you haven't had a chance, uh, I was a guest star on the Paranormal Punchers uh, podcast.
1: That was a really good episode.
0: We talked about the Voynich manuscript and some of our uh, some of our crazy conspiracy theories. Snuck some Hollow Earth stuff in there. Oh yeah, learned a lot. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, I mean, I have it on my Kindle, and I'm trying to decipher it, but it's not working. It's not working.
2: Every other word is penis.
0: It's really not, though. <laughs> Just kidding. That's that's the Agent Nicole manuscript.
2: I don't have one, thanks.
0: Yeah, you do. It's all about Ginger Britman. Yeah, that's right. I went there. So today uh, we have a very beloved character that uh, Ashes and I are a huge fan. Of. Nice shot, Kobe. <laughs> oh my god she's sitting two feet away don't quit your day job completely missed there's a giant box for recycling and she completely all you have to do is like huck it at the wall and bank it in unbelievable
2: I don't want to put a debt in the wall and shut up you miss a lot of shots at work too asshole
0: I never miss anything ever cause I am awesome uh so we're gonna be talking about a very beloved character uh one of our favorite characters obviously um and again, it's a travesty that it's taken so long to talk about this one. Uh, we are, of course, going to be talking about uh, Nathan Lane's character from the Birdcage, Albert Goldman, also known by his stage persona, Starina. So one of the things, Ash, you had a a, a topic of conversation to start us off with. So why don't you introduce that?
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, our getting into character question for the day is if you had a drag persona, what would your character name be? And what would your persona be?
0: Well, I'll start off because I think Nicole's still thinking about hers. I
2: don't have one, so I forego so, the question.
0: Nicole's still thinking about hers, so we'll get back to her in just a minute. Um, so. Mine, Ashes actually gave me my drag persona many years ago. Uh, For those of you who know me in real life, I am what the French call a hefty gentleman. You're fluffy. And um, I enjoy food. I especially enjoy baked goods, such as brownies and cake and the occasional cookie. So... According to Ashes, my drag name would be Ivana Cookie, and I haven't really, you know, up until now, really given a whole lot of thought to the whole, like, persona, (laughs) but I would imagine it would be a cross between, like, Divine and Cookie Monster. (laughs) It would have to be- A Divine
1: Cookie Monster.
0: Divine Cookie Monster. (laughs) I would be outrageous. I would not eat dog shit. I would draw the line there.
1: Yeah, Good, yes.
0: I will not pull a pink flamingo and eat dog shit. It's um, really
1: hot that you know what that
2: is. Mm, Ew. Get room. Listen,
0: <laughs> you need to know John Waters films if you live in my house. This is true. I'm
2: aware of John Waters things. Yeah,
0: he was on The Simpsons. He played John. It was a stretch for him. He was a gay guy. It was a very big stretch. Um <coughs> a shout out to Best Darn Didley. Um, yeah, so that would be that would be mine. And Ashes, you are essentially a drag queen already.
1: See, I I really hit the genetic lo- jackpot because I the am lottery. a drag queen trapped in the body of a woman. So what that means is I am Outrageous and totally full of myself But I don't have to tuck Or wear corsets Or cinch or stuff Or anything So, you know, that's nice I get to be a little more comfortable Than your average drag queen um, So, before I give you mine Seeing as Agent Nicole does not have one I kind of want to talk about this Build-A-Bear Well, it's not a bear But we went to Build-A-Bear um, She <laughs> <you know, sorry. laughs> So we went to Bilderberg about a month ago, and uh, with some friends of ours, and they had just put out their like Valentine's Day special animals and guys. I fell in love, so I saw a pink scented leopard, and I was inspired. Uh, she. I, I, I use the quotation marks with she smells like candy and her name is Miss Kitty Litterbottom and she is dressed and 80s jazzercise paraphernalia. She is serving you easy 80s, 80s draz, jazzercise realness and I love her and she also has Cinderella heels on for so look at her. Move over Richard Simmons.
0: We're going to have to put pictures of uh, of her up.
1: So uh, look for her on the uh, next season of RuPaul's Drag Race because it's happening. I Just made it. Litter bottom.
0: I, I made a turkey with a ninja suit on. His name is Kara Turkey. That was the extent of mine. Agent Nicole.
2: I don't you, have one.
0: You have to have one.
2: No. I don't have one. She would
0: be Longrod and Hugendong. What the fuck?
2: No. <laughs> no.
0: You would be some sort of like, like some sort of play on like, you know, Benedict Cumberbitch or like <laughs> Eddie Redbush or something. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> I'm done with you.
0: That you would that would be your thing. That would be because that's like your uh like surecock bones or like Oh my god. Like <laughs> you would be like some sort of play on like one of your ginger Brit men. Oh like that's god. what you would like.
2: I would I like legit don't like this is so bad. Like I feel like I don't know much about the drag community, so like I feel like
0: you better work, girl.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I better work, and so I like I wouldn't know where to start with. It could be anything. There are uh, (laughs) drag queens. There's one named
0: Bob the drag queen.
2: Yes. Hold on, I'm actually taking a quiz right now. Oh,
0: she's trying to see what kind of drag queen she. I'm telling you.
2: Okay, so it says put your name. So I put Nicole. Name of your first pet. So I really, okay, moving my fish. That was the first one I've ever had. And then pick your karaoke power ballad. Believe I'm Coming Out. It's Raining Man. Respect Vogue. Um, I Will Survive. I want to do it. uh, Oh,
0: Raining Man. That's the best of the best, I the best song. I love
2: Vogue. I was going to say Vogue is it though. Raining
0: Men was my ringtone for a while. I love, well, well I have a love so much. for
2: Madonna, like young Madonna, not now Madonna. So
0: like 1600s Madonna?
2: Yes. yes. Okay. It's just taking a while.
0: So. Oh my God. So let's fill this dead air. So with some other like random, like huge lorry, like you have a huge lorry, like, I don't know. Because you would have to, like, would you be, like, a guy drag queen? I don't know. I don't know. What is... What, Dude, what is I don't know this. I don't know what the equivalent well, is. Well, I'm just
1: saying, like, like if she was a... Dra- I mean, there are drag kings. Okay. Th- that, that's... That
0: sound is awesome.
1: I mean, they're equally as important.
0: No, they are. I mean, that's just... I was expecting, like, a cooler name.
2: Listen, I'm not Sorry. that cool. Yeah.
0: Um, unbelievable. Like, how about... Uh,
2: Sierra LaRue. Famous for giving gorgeous face. That's that's what it came up with. <laughs> All right, so okay.
0: Zimbio has uh, chosen Agent Nichols.
2: Sahara, 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 Larue. Okay, Leroux. I giving
0: gorgeous faces.
1: Oh, she gives face, darling. She's giving face. So there you go.
0: Sahara is Arabic so for desert.
1: Obviously, I've thought about this question like. Once or twice. All the time, um, and I really had to, to to think about it though because it's like, what do I want my persona to be? Because it really all de- your name really depends on what your persona is. You want your name to lend to your. Persona. So, do I want to be like a funny sticky queen? Um, you know, kind of like a, a gag queen, or uh, like a Bianca Del Rio, um, or like a or like a, a I don't know. Like, so I really had to think about
0: it. You're more of like a Sharon Needles.
1: Well, I'm I'm getting to that. You just hold your horses. So. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I love what it stands for. I think it's done amazing things for the gay and, and drag community. However, I love Dragula. Dragula is hosted by the Boulet brothers. Uh, here's a hint. They really aren't brothers. Um and they are searching for, um, instead of just searching for America's Next Drag Superstar, they are looking for America's Next Drag Super Monster. And at first, I'm thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is this drag super monster? Does it look like one of those, like, zoo extras? Like, what? Ben Vereen? <laughs> like, what? Um... And so after watching the first season, I was hooked. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. They are glamorous and filthy and disgusting and beautiful and creative and weird. And I loved it. So uh, both season one and season two are available on um, Amazon Prime, uh, season three is happening right now. And I believe when this airs, it'll still be happening. Um, but anyways, so I decided that my drag persona is, well, my drag name, excuse me, is Deliria Von Bathory. I am the blood queen of the club scene.
0: Nice. Yes. You sound like you would be right at home in Party Monster.
1: Well, that's exactly. I'm super inspired by Club Kids and Universal Monsters and really just weird, bizarre. And uh, I, I I love the use of blood. And I am obsessed with Elizabeth Bathory, the... Blood Queen of Europe.
0: We have the uh, McFarlane figure. Uh, actually, it was a gift at Rock and Shock several years ago. You were unable to attend because you weren't feeling well. And our good buddy, uh, Scott Goodsward, gave it to us.
1: Well, he let me... Uh, I was at that Rock and Shock, and he let me buy it off of him for five bucks. Are you sure? Yes.
0: What am I thinking of? Oh, maybe I I'm don't know the little what you're
1: thinking of. A little pink,
0: cute Thulu
1: too my little yarn Cthulhu. Yeah. Um maybe
0: that's what it is.
1: But yeah, so one one of the things I love about drag is that it's all inclusive and there really is something for everyone. And it is so creative and just really um it's, I, I just I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. Which is um when we decided that Albert Goldman uh, is was going to be the character that we're going to talk about today. I got really, really excited because this is one of my all-time favorite characters. Um, in one of our earlier episodes, we spoke about who we would invite to our Thanksgiving, like w- which characters we would invite to our Thanksgiving dinner. And I actually said I would invite Albert G- Goldman um, to my star studded drag taster uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So I'm very excited to get into this discussion today.
0: As long as Agador Spartacus is not cooking. He doesn't make sweet and andres. sour peasant soup. It's like a what stew. The hell is sweet and sour peasant soup. I don't know I make it up, I make it up <laughs>
1: Wait, you forgot shrimps. I just ugh. I have a dinosaur that I named Agador Spartacus.
0: You do. That's true. So I think what we should do is uh take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll really get into our discussion and talk more about Albert and his reactions and who he is and how he fits into the the narrative of the story and a little bit of background on the character and uh I think it'll be a lot of fun. So we will be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight to the heart of pop culture navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band. We destroy monsters. We drink booze. And we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death? Taxes and trick or treat radio every Friday morning. This is
1: one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hey, hey,
0: hey. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany.
2: It's <laughs> Giovanni Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand yeah.
0: someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lowhead.
1: If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her.
2: Oh, wait. Is she yeah. a great big fan person?
0: You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm a strike. You with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Trick or there. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsuke, director of Gunwoman Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to the Throw Thursday podcast. Fueled by Tacos, Beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show. Featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun. The pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com.
2: Keep on punching! (laughs)
0: And we have returned I hope you didn't miss us too much during the commercial break um, We missed you And uh, that's why we're glad to be back And we're glad to be talking about this character Now, if you've not seen this film This is uh, The Birdcage uh, This came out Shit, I don't have 96 1996, alright uh, And it stars multiple Oscar winners Mm-hmm including one guy who was also in True Lies that I didn't realize he got an Oscar. But apparently he won with... Uh, he was the cameraman in True Lies. I don't remember his name. He was the, the guy that wasn't Arnold or uh, or Tom Arnold. He was the, the third guy in that little group there. I forget his name now because I didn't write it down because I take good notes. Um, in addition to Gene Hackman, Diane Weist. Uh, Robin Williams, Callista Flockhart's in it. She's supposed to be like 18, 19, and she's 30 at the time. Yeah. But, you know, she has one of those faces where she looks very, very young. And basically, uh, the story revolves around Armand and Albert Goldman, Armand played by Robin Williams. They are... Uh, A couple—they're not married because this is 1996. So the progressive movement, but
1: they're life partners. They're
0: life partners. They are essentially married.
1: They had been together for I don't know. Do they say
0: twenty years? Yeah, roughly 19,
1: 20 years. So yeah, shortly
0: after Val was born, and they run a very successful drag club in South Beach, where uh, Albert is the star, starina, and. Armand is the uh, he is the director of all the the different programs that they put on. They put on huge shows, like you know at the beginning they're talking about how the Kennedys, some of the Kennedy kids are there, and all all Robin Williams says is like I wish we could get Ted because he really wants Ted Kennedy. Um, so it's a very high end. You know, people come from all over the place to see this this show, and Robin Williams' son uh, character. Armand has a son named Val, who is getting married, and the girl he wants to marry is the daughter of a very conservative Republican senator, who is uh, going through a bit of a scandal. This is played by uh, uh, just a little bit, yeah. Played by uh, Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman, yep, and his wife Diane Weist, and obviously their daughter Callista Flockhart, and they are uh, going through a bit of a scandal. Uh, Hackman is the vice president of the Council for Moral Order, and his partner, who started the uh, Council for Moral Order, uh, was found in bed with an underage black prostitute. And it, they find out. You find out later in the in the movie that her last, his last words to her was, "Your money's on the on the dresser, chocolate." So there's this huge scandal for, you know, these guys that are, you know, you know, all about family values and so, you know, against gay marriage and against gays in the military and, you know...
1: you know, They they reference the uh, don't ask, don't tell. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, I mean, nowadays, that type of scandal would barely register as a, a blip on the radar before five other things happened. So... You know, it gives you uh, some context, but the whole uh, the whole thing, you know, there's some crazy hijinks because Albert is uh, a bit of a drama queen, to say the no. least. To say the least, and you know, they've got to somehow they they decide that this wedding would really take the pressure off the senator but they're not sure how the senator will react to his daughter marrying the son of a gay man who is also essentially married to another gay man that own a drag club (laughs) where he is the star. So there's all kinds of crazy uh, hijinks that ensue, but uh, I was looking up, doing some research on this, and I found out an interesting tidbit. Originally the casting was going to be Steve Martin as Armand and Robin Williams was going to play Albert. Yeah. Which I think he could easily pull off. However, once uh, Steve Martin had to drop out, uh, Robin Williams was like, listen, I don't want to play another flamboyant over the top character. You know, he had just gotten, you know, Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, like those were recent hits at that time. So He's like, I'd really like to play a different type of character.
1: Well, he viewed the character of Armand as being a little more complicated. Yeah, complex. And, right. Um, you know, a little more of a challenge. Not so much a challenge, but uh, what others could perceive as a challenge for him to play. He didn't want to be typecasted.
0: Right. I mean, this is a guy who, at, at the time of this movie, had already won an Oscar. Yes. So, he had, he had already won, He was and he was on his way to a second for uh, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, his first one was for Awakenings, which, if you haven't seen it, is a phenomenal film. And I, I strongly recommend it. Julie Kavner, the voice of Marge Simpson, is in that. Plays the love interest. Also has uh, Robert De Niro. So, uh, definitely, if you haven't had a chance, definitely see that film. Uh, it's more of like a, a non-comedic Patch Adams. So, you know he he wanted to be more, for lack of a better word, the straight man in this in this comedy duo, and I forget who it was that originally suggested. I don't know if it was him that suggested uh, Nathan Lane. It was Robin Williams. Who suggested. And this was and this was Nathan Lane's first like live action. Yeah. Feature film because he was also in uh, many stage plays.
2: Yeah, he's mostly known for being on Broadway. So this was like kind of his first exposure out to a bigger mass. Because
0: when did the Lion King come out? Because the Lion King came out
2: ninety four.
0: So before that, so this is his first live action.
2: Correct. Yes.
0: Because he played uh, Timon. Timon. I, I was gonna. I knew it was Timon or Pumbaa. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's uh, he played Timon, uh, the meerkat. And um and this is at a time where, you know, Nathan Lane obviously has come out as a, a an openly gay man. No, no he not didn't. No, no. no. He has, but at this time he hadn't. That's Correct. what I was yes. getting to. Um so this you know, this wasn't an overly, you know, big leap for him to play a gay character. I mean, at the time people thought that it was You know, it's like, oh, you know, he's playing a gay character and he pulls it off so well when in reality he actually was gay. But again, that wasn't as 1995, 1996 wasn't as progressive as it is now. Even though we still face some uh, uphill battles with certain groups. um, We've come a long way in the last 22 years. But what I really want to get into is the different ways that he was able to <laughs> he was able to kind of work his way through this film and like kind of the transformations that he does um i want to start off by our introduction to albert um nicole when you you've seen this movie multiple times i assume
2: yeah i think um I seen it when I was younger. It's actually a popular film in our household. My dad is actually a fan of it, which I was kind of surprised because of the things that he usually watched. I think like dad's a huge comedy fan, but for him to like The Birdcage was kind of like threw me for a loop, so I was aware Mm -hmm. of The Birdcage, and I was exposed to it pretty young.
0: Now, what did you think, uh, when we meet Albert, about, what, five, six minutes into the film. What did you think of him the first time you saw him? Because the first time we see him, uh, and I remember this from the, the trailers that they would show on TV. He's um, like, I have to get ready. And he starts shaving his his face with the electric razor.
2: I, I think when I was young, I was like, oh my God, what a fucking weirdo. Which is <laughs> really like, I was pretty young at this time when I was watching it. And how he's like, Having like his dramatic upset kind of like, you know, I can't get ready for the show. I don't want to be a part of the show. Like having a freaking meltdown. And I was like, oh, my God, what an annoying little shit.
0: There's a fun word for that. Histrionics.
2: Yeah. I was just kind of like, oh, my God, this this character is annoying. And then I realized, like, especially the last time I watched it, like how much like and we'll definitely talk about it, like. How much this character gets taken for granted, and it like breaks my heart when I like really watched it and really understood how much this character gets taken for granted. And I just, it's a he's a beautiful person and a beautiful character. And the more that I watch it, the more I feel like you know, he really is the star of the film.
0: Yeah, because there's there's a lot that I mean. The the first time we see him, he's you know you know there you know you're in the drag club you know Robin Williams is chatting with people and you know somebody's like oh she won't come down she won't come down and you know and he's like go see what you can do and you know try to try to get her to come down like but be ready you know have uh Carmen ready to do her her uh her skit or her um her routine i mean you don't really see who Carmen is so it's just kind of like a throwaway like you know, mm-hmm. have this person ready in case, like, could, and you can tell this is like an everyday thing. Like, this always happens. And, you know, he goes upstairs because they live above the club and <laughs> he's locked himself in his dressing room with their, their, uh,
2: Guatemalan
0: manservant for, yeah, Guatemala. uh, played by Hank Azaria, who, if you've ever watched an episode of The Simpsons, he's, pretty much every racial character he's a Pooh, he's luigi he's uh chief wigum he's mo he's julio the gay guy which is based a lot off of this character of agador spartacus he's phenomenal and it turns out he's basically impersonating his grandmother the whole time uh, yes but he didn't realize he was doing that till after he uh Robin Williams' character, Armand, is trying to convince uh, his star to go on. And it's tough when, you know, the star is also your, your life partner. I mean, Ash is going to attest to that. We have to drag her out, up here. We have to load her up with peer and tablets. And, uh, you know, no, I'm just kidding. We never have to. We just have to. Any time she has an excuse to be like, I'm amazing and awesome, she takes it.
1: He's just like, Sweetie, do you want some wine? Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: do you I want some the wine the and wine. attention? Yes. Um, and you know, obviously this is something that's happened and Albert starts playing the the, the pity card like I have gained and lost over a hundred pounds for you. I've done everything I can to make myself attracted to you attractive to you. And I find white wine in the fridge and you, all, I only drink red and so do you. And, you know, Robin Williams has to break, literally break the door down. Like, and it's, it's so funny, but it's so like, he's like, fine, tell Carmen to do the show. It's like, wait, no, I'll go on. Like, he knows how to play to Albert's ego. He's like, oh, well, we'll just have somebody else go be the star of the show. And he's like, no, I'll do it. But it's, such a huge sacrifice and oh i can't believe that i have to put myself through this so he's very uh like over the top dramatic like so much uh but it's it's done so well um and we find out why there's white wine in the fridge Ashes, why don't you explain the... Uh, well, can I
1: talk about my yeah, yeah, first yeah. Yeah, talk uh, about, talk about like introduction thing. to The Birdcage? Yeah, yeah, um, it's ahead. one of those movies I grew up with. Uh, my dad was a fan of Robin Williams. And it's just one of those movies that I don't really remember my first uh, in like the first time I watched it. But I remember being so enthralled and just so enamored with the Albert character. Um, Obviously I I knew of Nathan Lane because of the Lion King, which was like the hot movie for the longest time. Um, And I just loved it. See, I grew up being that kid, the, I need to be the center of attention, kid. And the one who, you know, my parents would be like, stop making a scene. (laughs) My mom would tell me that I'm outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, so, so seeing somebody like that on screen, Uh, but seeing somebody, you know, do play this character in such an endearing way. There's such a lovable quality to Albert. You know, he's just the way he is. He's just over the top and, and that's okay. And, and it's one of those characters that kind of stayed with me throughout life. Um, It's a very important character to, to me because I feel like it's one of those characters that has, has kind of, um, helped shape who I am over Your the spirit years
2: animal kind of
1: kind of yeah like it, one of them I have many of them yeah. I, I realized that re- recently I have a lot of spirit animals but Don't that's a all. good thing <laughs> um you know uh but it's it's okay to be a certain way and be perceived a certain way and, and have certain expectations of yourself and other people. And I just, I love how we are introduced to Albert in this Judy Garland-esque scene. <laughs> See, once upon a time, I mean... Uh, uh, Julie, Judy Garland was the it girl and she was everywhere and she was difficult and she was ostentatious and outrageous and she would throw these hissy fits, these, I can't go on, you know, this stage, I can't do it. And so her dresser, um, the per, you know, her, her, now that they would call it your personal assistant but her dresser would start throwing an even bigger fit so Judy would see how ridiculous her, her her dresser was being and start calming her dresser down and and then realize that okay I need to go out there the show must go on mm-hmm. um, and that's ultimately what you know that this beginning scene was modeled after it was modeled after uh the uh, relationship between judy garland and her her assistant her dresser and you know it's just sometimes when you're a certain way you start to doubt yourself a little bit and it's not so much that albert was 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 doubting himself it's just he doesn't really show weaknesses mm-hmm and so when he does get a little down you know looking for someone just to kind of be like am i am i great am i good yeah and this whole hissy fit was also facilitated by the fact that he had suspected armand of cheating due to the white wine that was chilling and they are not, they are not white wine drinkers they drink red and that would be the same thing if I, if I found a white in my house an unexplained white in my house i would be like
0: tiny <laughs> <laughs> there is an unexplained white in the house why is That's, it gonna
1: be white
0: it's just tiny <laughs>
1: But no, I love that this is our introduction to this character because it is just so outrageous, but it grips you. Yeah. It grips you, and then at the same time, there is something so endearing about the way Nathan Lane plays this character, and I love the fact that Nathan Lane plays this character because I love Nathan Lane. I have seen a lot of things that Nathan Lane has done over the years, and he is just magnificent. He is so fucking talented. Um...
0: Well, get into how how Agador is able to calm uh, Albert down.
1: Oh well, if it wasn't for the Pirin tablets, I wouldn't be able to go on. Now, Armand thinks that Agador is giving Albert drugs, and which is not uncommon in the entertainment industry. Sometimes you need a little something, something to take the edge off to get out and and perform. And so Agador gives. He's like, only one now, and I give you one more after the show. It's a horrible Guatemalan accent. I apologize. Okay. Side note: When he said Guatemalaness, when I was younger, I thought he was saying watermelonness because and... well, he doesn't
0: pronounce the G. He's like, you are afraid of my heat, my Guatemalan-ness <laughs>
1: Yeah, I thought it was saying watermelon nest, and I was like, "What the hell is watermelon, watermelon nest?" nest. I, I I learned over the yeah. Anyways, um, so come to find out, the peerin tablets are just aspirin <laughs> with the A and the S scraped off. Like, how genius is that? Yeah, and,
0: and Armin tells him he's a he's a uh, a genius for doing that.
1: But some people are just hard to ha- uh, if It wasn't
0: for the peer uh, and tablets I don't know how I could go on.
1: Some people are just difficult. And that's not a bad thing. I feel like I relate a lot to Albert. Um some people are just just diff- difficult. They're just they're larger than life and they they feel like they can't ha- really handle their personality sometimes. And you know, it it takes a really strong person to love a person like that. And I love the relationship between Armand and Albert. But at this time, Albert is questioning everything because of the white wine.
0: Yeah, and you know, we find out later, you know, we see we see Armand looking very suspicious while uh Starina begins her performance. And he keeps checking his watch, and as soon as she kind of gets into it, he bolts back upstairs, and we see this, you know, this interaction between him and uh, Agador, like, oh, take the night off, leave the front door open, and, you know, uh, we see this young man enter the room, and Armand is very affectionate, you know, touching his face, you know, hugging him, kissing him on the You cut your
1: hair, you look good, you know?
0: you want a beer oh no beer we're having wine like oh don't be a savage and turns out that it is his son yes and val val short for val kilmer
2: <laughs>
0: actually i don't know it's not actually val kilmer it's a different guy but he uh you know he, he and this is when he tells him that he's gonna get married and Robin Williams is like, no, I forbid it, and we are cut off, and if you leave now, like I don't want anything to do with you, and he's like, All and I mean, right. And the
1: whole reason why this is going on while Albert is starina on stage is because Val wanted to tell his dad first, didn't really want to make a big to-do about it, and, and in the process, makes a big to-do about it.
0: Because of... Albert and the way he is, he's going to overreact, like, you know, he he screams a lot, uh, <laughs> he uh, he overreacts to everything, like, he gets a, a, a high five at one point and, and screams because the pain is too much, like, ah, oh, uh, like, there's a scene at the beginning when they're trying to get Albert to go on stage, and... He's like, go ahead, hit me. That's what you want, isn't it? Well, go ahead, hit me. And Robin Williams just kind of like pushes him, <laughs> pushes him away. And he screams. because like He doesn't like hit him or shove him. He just kind of like puts his hand on his face because he's laying on the floor. It's, it's like, what, what, what do you I do, do too- when I'm on stage? It's nothing. an I affectionate
1: little merp. That's what it's called, a merp.
0: What do you do while I'm on stage? What does he say? Like pouring my heart out or something. And he's like, nothing. I lay here. <laughs> Like it's the effortless comedy back and forth between the two of them where like I could Im- well a lot of times I can't imagine like someone else having a role like I can kind of picture Robin what because of Mrs. Doubtfire I can picture Robin Williams as Starina but and I can kind of see Steve Martin but like it wouldn't have been as good a film. Correct. Um nobody can do what Nathan Lane did. Um. I made you short. Yeah. He's like, it's your fault. This and I'm hey, short. Yeah. You got to find the exact hold on, hold quote. On.
1: Whatever I am. He made me. I was adorable once young and full of hope. Now look at me. I'm this short, fat, insecure, middle-aged thing. And our mom's like, I made you short.
0: And then he screams and like throws <laughs> ah! himself onto him. He shrieks and throws himself onto like a pile of pillows. Like oh I couldn't possibly face Which the Which is really in the world. funny
1: because this whole interaction between the two of them it, rem- <laughs> it kind of reminds me of some of our arguments.
0: <laughs> yes, you are always like over the top and I'm always the level-headed one.
1: No, not always.
0: Every single time. No. Every time. Lies. Always. But anyways, so and this
1: is a key point to, to the story. Val is getting married and they're going to meet the family and the family of the fiancé they are very conservative Republicans the dad is a senator they're in the middle of this huge scandal and they've lied to the parents about who Armand and Albert are first of all they're not the Goldmans.
0: Oh, they, they can't be Jewish, yeah. The
1: Colmans, who vacation in Greece.
0: No, there's a cultural attache to Greece.
1: <laughs> um, and they are not a gay couple. There is a mother... And a father, and it turns into this whole thing, and that's pretty much the basis of the movie. It's, it's these two, this this couple, these partners who have been partners for so long, who are trying to figure out how to change themselves enough to appease a person that they love. Yeah, and like, they're come doing on, who can't him. relate to that? Yeah. yeah, they're
0: trying to do what they can to in you a know, very ridiculous Val. and
1: funny way. Yeah. Like, first of all, they decide, okay, what they're going to do is they're going to play they
0: decorate the Albert.
1: Apartment. Well, there's that. But, you know, they talking about from first. a character standpoint, they're going to play Albert off as an uncle.
0: No, they try to get rid of him first.
1: Well, Oh, yes. Yeah. They, they want to get, get rid
0: of him. Like, they keep dropping hints like, hey, why don't you go away for a couple of days? You look tired. You like,
1: know what tired means? Tired, tired means, means old.
0: old. <laughs> and when they say you look rested, it means you've had work done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've had collagen. Um, yes, that's what it is. Yes, yeah, so they try to get rid of him, and he catches on. So you know, and and in meanwhile. Armand is because I feel like we can't really talk about Albert without talking a little more about Ar- Armand as well. He's in this limbo because Val is his son, but at the same time, like Albert is the love of his life, yeah. and Albert, you know, has been a mother figure to to Val. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's a big like. This is where I kind of get really upset about how things mm-hmm. are because. You know, Aman tells Val, like, you know, fuck the senator. I've been with this person for X amount of years, and it took me this long to figure out who I am, and I'm not going to change because your fiancé is the senator of
0: someone who hates me and hates who I am. Yeah, he's like, I know who I am. I'm a middle-aged fag. And, like, you know, he's taking pride in that. He's not using it as a derogatory term. He's like, that's who I am.
2: Yeah, and it's just like... And then you see how Armand tries to appease Val, which, you know, you know that's what a lot of parents do—they try to like make their children happy. But it's like the way, like this is where I get really upset on Albert's behalf is like, and this will tie into later into the story to their story is like Val just you know writes off Albert as yeah he's dramatic he's gonna make this big thing it's not a big thing but it's like you didn't give him the benefit of the doubt you didn't and even
0: give him the chance
2: you didn't give him a chance and you see that later on in the film where basically Al- uh, albert basically takes over the reins and he knows what's going on he knows who senator Keeley is he knows how to play play the cards and it's like it's a shock to both Amon and val because they're like they had so much doubt towards albert and like they didn't just give Albert a chance. And... Well, he doesn't. Well, no, I get he that. Doesn't he doesn't play
0: it all that.
2: <laughs> no, but he doesn't. But they well, like, they well never... enough. Yeah, well enough. Well enough that he knows what he's doing. But they just and that's except what... when like... he
0: talks about the abortions.
2: Yeah, like that's he... a little.
0: He's he goes heavy on the wine.
2: But you know, but, but before... you see, like the, you know, Albert will do anything for Val because that is his son not Armand no well Albert because he does consider him as a son Albert came into this relationship not you know having to fill in a role that he didn't have to he considers him as a parent to Val Mm -hmm. no matter what Armand says like he was there through all the steps and he didn't have to and so like that's where it gets frustrating it's like you know this person like obviously in the end like you know Armand, you know, sees Albert more than just a partner, but like a life mate and everything, and you know, gives him half of the ownership of the um the, of um the birdcage and everything. But like vows, like this is Palomani my mother, like introduces Albert to the Keely's like this is my mother. Once
0: the biological mother shows up. yeah
2: and like in the like there's
0: there's even that scene where he finally you know armin tells him he's like you know what i'll I'll do what i can i'll get i'll get you know i'll get albert to go away for a little while and and he's like thank you so much he's like do me a favor val don't talk to me for a while because like as much as he wants to help out his son he knows it's killing him yeah because he says he's like he goes, I can't send Albert away. It'll kill him. Like, yeah. that's what he said. Like, he knows how. It's like, yes, Albert's overly dramatic and everything, but he's also, like, a very uh, um, sensitive person.
1: Yeah. Well, like, no, and, and loving. Like, and, when he
0: decides that, you know, he does get over. And you see the relationship that they have when Albert's like, Well, I'm going to Las Copa," And he's like. He's like, okay, what what are you doing? You know, you're you're going there. He's like, yeah. The only thing there is a, a graveyard. He's like, yeah, I know. And
1: that's why I packed light.
0: Yeah, and he's like, so you're going to a graveyard with, with your, your toothbrush? toothbrush. <laughs> and so Armin goes to him, like he's sitting waiting for the bus because he already drove back from Miami at 20 miles an hour with the parking brake on because he like he gets in the car and the horn beeps. He's like, ah, but he. And Armin goes and sits next to him, and he goes Las Copa is shit. He goes I have a plot up in Key Biscayne, and he goes, and he's you're right. He goes you're right. People do laugh at you. You know you no you do make people laugh. He goes, and that's why I have to sell my plot in Key Biscayne and move down to this and get a plot right next to yours in this shitty Las Copa because I don't want to miss a single laugh. And he's like, oh, you're just saying that because you're trying to make me feel better. He's like, nope. And, and he pulls out the palimony agreement that, you know, Albert had been asking him for, you know, presumably for a while at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because Albert, as as you know, is insecure you know he knows that Armin cares about him but he you can see he's very insecure well, I mean, you see with the wine and
1: but not only that like at this point you know gay marriage in America was not legal
0: yeah
1: it was not a re- it was not, not even a here. thing that's right,
0: yeah, like not just, even like
1: like in in America in general like anywhere. it just it was not legal, it was not a legal thing, which I think is bullshit, but anyways, it's like so you know, yes, they're life partners, they've committed themselves to each other, but you know he has no legal rights Correct. over anything and that's pretty much that that was his thing you know if anything happens what if anything happens i have no legal rights to 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 anything right and nothing like go to
0: into a trust or go to the 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 government
1: would go to the sun you know and I'm, i'm sure val would have taken care of albert but still like there's it's different It's just different. And I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and go, so, you know, go past the point where, you know, they tried to get rid of Albert and that did not go well. So, um, Albert and Armand decide that Albert is going to try to pass off as his uncle, Val's uncle, and Armand tries to give him manly lessons. lessons. (laughs) Oh god, I pierced the toast. <laughs> so, how about them dolphins? Um, yeah, it doesn't go very well because you really can't change someone. You know, um. He was being Albert was being asked to be a completely different person and he tried and he tried to walk the walk and talk the talk and he pierced the toast and you know and then then threw the toast because our mom's like, you know what happens when we pierce the toast? We'd say, so what? And he throws the toast. And so Albert's like, So what? And throws the toast. (laughs) But I I love Kind of like the subtext of this this movie, and you know, we'll get into more of that in a little bit. Um, you know, about accepting who you are and loving who you are, and surrounding yourself with people who love you for who you are, and um, and and all of that really happy, wishy-gushy stuff. But that leads up to you know, it's the night of the dinner. Albert's still set to pass off as the the uncle, and he shows up to dinner. And uh, he's wearing this suit and he's like, see, I I can look like one of you. And he's wearing pink socks, which apparently is a red flag for not so much there, buddy.
0: And that's what he and that's what he even says. He's like, he goes, I, I know what you're thinking. Dress like this. I'm even more obvious. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's so disappointed. Like this scene and is that heartbreaking. scene. Yeah, I
1: would say that is the scene that breaks my heart. I get yeah. weepy during that scene every time I watch it because he says, um,
0: "All I wanted to do was help." Yeah, and you hate me.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because Val, as as much as Val's supposed to be portrayed like this, you know, oh, you always said I'm so level headed. Like he's a very impetuous, entitled.
1: Well, I mean, like he's a twenty-year-old dude. Like yeah. he's a, he's a boy. He's, he's, he's still kind a boy. Of
0: a, he's he's kind of a jerk.
1: He no, he really is. He is.
0: He's like, oh, you need to do this, and you need to get Albert out of here. You know, because Albert will ruin everything. He's like, you don't understand. Don't add. Don't yeah, add to when that. they were remodeling, because most of their furniture had would be right at home at Nicole's house because it was all penis-driven, and you know. They're like, oh, he's like, who put Playboys in the bathroom? Who hung this moose head in the living room? You know, and he's like, don't add things, just subtract. And he was like, really adamant about it. And he was a real jerk. And when it came time to confront Albert, he made Armin do it. Armin had to take that bullet for him because, because he's like, you know, we, uh, you know, we just thought it would be better if you weren't here and, you know, Obviously, he gets so upset, and because he loves, and you see this at the beginning, like you, he loves Val like it's his son. Yeah, he really does. And Val is so immature; he can't appreciate, you know. And and it's like he takes, he just completely ignores the speech that his father gives him. Like, I know who I am. I've spent years trying to figure out who I am and now that I know who I am you want me to pretend to be somebody else for this asshole like it's like no fuck the senator like and that's and that's exactly you know how things should be now and like you see that attitude a lot more now which is great um but again this is 22 years ago it was a different time society was a lot different as well um the, the thing, and it's, this is probably like the most Republican thing that happens in the, in the movie is after all of this stuff, you know, everything happens. We, we see Albert, you know, make an attempt to, you know, come out as his, his mother. And, well, and- yeah.
1: Albert comes out in drag. Oh my God. And. Uh, so apparently, uh, I found out his his drag was inspired Bar- by First Bar- Lady Barbara Bush, yeah. which is very fitting for entertaining a Republican sen- senator. Um, but, uh, you know, he comes out in drag as Mrs. Coleman, or, you know, they call her mother, and she is just acting her ass off, <laughs> trying to be the epitome of conservative, modern housewife and, you know, wanting to go back to old, the old ways and ideals
0: and family dynamics. Like, you know, they're talking about, you know, you know, uh, Armin goes to the kitchen to check on dinner and he comes out and they're like, and uh, Gene Hackman's like, you know, not all abortion doctors are evil and he's just like, he just gets this look on his face like, oh my god. And then Then you get, uh, you know, uh, you get Albert saying, like, oh, well, I don't understand. The doctors are just doing their job. If you want to kill somebody, kill the mother. They're like, I know what you're thinking. They're like, oh, well, maybe you should. uh," They're like, oh, I know. I know what you're thinking. Well, if you kill the mother, the baby's going to die. But she was going to have an abortion anyway. So what's the point? You know? And it's just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like...
1: (laughs) But it's one of those, um, you know, when you, I think we've all been in that situation where you try to be someone, something that you're not, and regardless of how many glasses of wine you've had, um, you say things that you think sound right, that you don't necessarily understand because you're trying to speak a certain way and say things that you think People with this
0: persona would say, "We'll take our coffee in the in the living room. We pick up the wine bottle." But there's a um, there's a part, and I, I came across this in my research um, that I found this kind of ironic, where during the the beginning of the film, when we're introduced to Keely and we're finding out about this all the uh, the scandal and everything, he keeps sneaking in and out of his house to meet with his advisors. Yep, and. He gets caught climbing up a ladder into his bedroom window by the press, and so as he like makes his statement, he kind of like makes a peace sign. A la like Richard the, the Nixon.
1: Nixon. Yeah, I am not a crook. Gene yeah.
0: Hackman was on Nixon's enemies list in oh, the seventies, really? which I thought was kind of funny. That is really funny. Um, but yeah, like so, the mother. They they try to get Val's mother, his actual birth mother.
1: Who has had nothing to do with Val. So let's just... He's never met her. He he meets her at this dinner. Yeah. But to just paint this picture, um, Val's biological mother has never met Val. However, Albert has pretty much been there since day one. Correct. Right.
2: Yes.
0: So they're like, well, if we get her, you know, she's never done anything for you in 20 years. Like she kind of owes you a favor. Let's get her to come in. You know, she is your mother. Like, we'll get her. We'll get rid of Albert. We'll get her to come in. And, like, there keeps getting this this, uh, these crossed wires where, like, she's coming, then she's not coming. And then now people, the press have followed Senator Keeley and his family. And they know he's in this club. They don't know what's going well, yeah, because on. It's exactly. a hot
1: scandal. He's up for re-election. Yeah. Like, the National this Enquirer is, yeah, is yeah.
0: after him. So they're, the press is camped out waiting for him. And so Val leaves a note for his actual mother, you know, during this whole like Alberts in Drag situation. Like, whatever you do, don't come up, and the National Enquirer guys take the paper away, like, this is gonna be awesome. And so when they finally they confront uh they can uh the Keeleys confront Albert and uh and Armand because Senator Keeley is like something odd is going on here. Like there's something really weird and like Look at the way they treat her, and like they're so awful to her, and like you know like you know he he thinks that like he's got a a a mistress and all this, and because of like the way Albert is and everything that's going on, like they serve uh the sweet and sour peasant soup in uh bowls with young boys uh
1: playing leapfrog, yeah,
0: looks like young boys playing leapfrog. Um, yeah, it's, it's an, it's an interesting situation, but like, finally they're like, you know what? I'm Republican. I'm conservative. I'm up for re-election. There's a huge scandal. You can't marry this kid. Like you guys can't get married. It can't happen. And he's like, and he's getting ready to leave. And he's like, I just want to say, I hope this doesn't affect your vote. Yeah. And it's like, you <laughs> Come back, piece of shit. Like, that is such a Republican thing to do. Like, I'm going to treat you like absolute dog shit because it benefits me. Right.
1: But And this is right after. So, you know, Senator Keeley was just fawning all over Mrs. Coleman. Yeah.
0: Oh, he loved her. He and then he great. found
1: out that Mrs. Coleman was actually Albert Goldman. And his opinions just immediately changed. Yeah. And, like, that's such, that's such bullshit. It's such bullshit.
2: And it still happens today, too. Oh, no, it does. Like, a lot of the stuff that we learn from this film, you know, you know, we always, like, especially in the community, like, we, we go so far and we've made so many changes, but it only takes one person to put a step back. Right. And it's just, it's frustrating. And, like, while I was watching this film, it's like, at this time it's such an important film for those who are not out yet, who are not able to express who they truly are because of the fear of they're gonna get judged or they're not gonna be loved or that, like you definitely see like the insecurity with Albert where, you know, they go to Val's real mother and like you see the interaction that Amon and Val uh Val's mother have and Albert sees kind of like he gets the wrong impression and you see like the insecurity and like it sucks because you see that it still happens today. Like some people aren't able to express who they are and be able to be who, be their true self without being judged. And it's a frustrating thing even to this day.
1: I think this movie has one of the best movie endings ever. Because obviously, you know their place is surrounded by paparazzi and all of these, you know, National Enquirer, um, and they need to get out of there. They need to make an escape. And what happens? Drag saves lives, everyone. <laughs> um, they dress the family up up at in in drag stuff, and they put Senator Keeley in a wig and a cincher. and um, you know to to the tune of we are family they they you know dance out of the place with the rest of the drag ensemble and I think that's such a, f- a fitting um fitting ending for that movie because you know the entire movie it's it's about. Albert and Armand having to change who they are to appease somebody else and ultimately the senator and his family had to briefly change who they are yeah. to save their asses. Correct. And
0: even his driver didn't recognize him. Yeah. yeah. He's like meet me at the corner of whatever and whatever and the guys like yeah, lady that okay. for a million bucks.
1: Um so, and and ultimately that becomes uh, a bonding experience for all of them. And now I can just imagine, I mean, we don't get to see this happened, but I can just imagine what happened uh, up in Albert's dressing room, getting everyone <laughs> <laughs> ready and stuff. But, you know, and ultimately the kids were able to go and get married and it was a very inclusive marriage. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there. All of the drag queens were there. It was a very both fabulous time. Both religions
2: were able to be there too. Right?
1: Great. Right. Exactly. And that was a big thing too. You know, both religions were able to be present. And so ultimately, you know, I, the people at the end of the movie who had the biggest character change were the Keeleys because they became more accepting Correct. of of this lifestyle and, you know, realized that it's it's at the end of the day, guys, it's all about the love, the love that you have for yourself and the love that you have for your family and Correct. other people.
2: But it also gives Albert, he, you know, he has a huge character change too where he actually has a defining role in that family. Like he obviously has a permanent partnership with his, you know, husband.
1: And Val comes right out and says this like, is my that woman is is my biological mother. Yes.
2: But I only have one mother. This is the
0: lady who gave birth to Val. Yes. This is my mother. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's a huge thing too. Yeah.
1: You know, and I love the fact that parental roles are genderless. You know, you can be a, a maternal or paternal figure, you know, regardless of of your gender. God. And I I love 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 you know all of the pretty much like the moral of the story, um you know, and I think this movie is just great for that.
0: Yeah, um, it's one of those movies that you know. If it's the same lesson that we learned uh, uh, through uh, the Mighty Boosh, what you were saying last week, like be who you are, never be ashamed to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because when you try to start, you know, switching things around and and trying to be who you're not, that's when, you know, you get stuck in these situations where you have to, you're eventually going to have to tell the truth anyways. Right. So, why? don't be a drag, just be a queen. There you go on Hanukkah or Halloween. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: That is not how the song goes, but no, and going back to kind of like the unmasking moment for two seconds, the sheer terror in albert's eyes, you know, being identified like I've been caught, yeah, you know, um and and then everything that ensues with the ending of the movie. I just feel for his character in that moment. You know, that moment of uncertainty, that moment I've been found out. You know, I've been through all of this trying to change who I am. And at the end of the day, I'm still find, you know, found out. And you know just just kind of leading to you know the moral of the story is just be yourself, love and accept yourself and love and accept those who, who are around you, because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are going to have your back. And I love that regardless of how the Keeleys were, regardless of how the Keeleys treated Albert and Armand, like they were still willing to help them in the end.
0: Well, I think by extension, they're helping Val.
1: Well, right, right. So,
0: like, that's, again, they're you know, doing and, it for Val. They're not they doing it for They liked Barbara, you know, Republican. Val's
1: fiance. They yes. liked her.
0: Because she didn't have the same the same prejudices or stereotype, you know, drilled into her head. Even though her father's a conservative senator, she was much more open-minded, which I think comes from being an 18-year-old at college, mm-hmm. you know, and learning about, hey, there's more than just hating everyone who's not a rich white man. Mm-hmm. But she ended up with a rich white guy.
1: But with two gay parents, so it's okay. Yeah, Yeah. He's adjusted.
0: (laughs) That's true, yeah.
1: I mean, and come on now, if you could have Nathan Lane as your mother-in-law... That'd be great. Like, right? That wouldn't suck.
0: I like my mother-in-law.
1: Well, I like your mother-in-law too.
0: (laughs) But Everybody's a comedian.
1: I'm so funny, um, but yeah, I don't. Does anybody have anything else to add no. to that?
0: No, I think that's, I think that's about it. That's what I got.
1: Okay, well then let's go to break.
0: All right, yeah, let's uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will introduce a battle. Do you love Monster hunts at midnight is a collection of dark songs.
1: This is Miles, a.k.a. Mr. Most Days Off, from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello. This is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers Podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. Patrick Wayho, in
0: the motherfucking house.
1: Patrick Wayho, in the motherfucking house.
2: Patrick Hall. in the motherfucking house.
0: Patrick Patrick Wayho, in the motherfucking house. Oh, yeah. So, we're back. Um, So, Nicole isn't here. She was just grabbed grabbed (laughs) by the child detection uh, brigade there from Monsters, Inc.
2: (laughs) What? She had a
0: sock on her back, so she was dragged off. She's got some kind of plague thing, so uh, we don't want it spreading to all the other monsters here at Castle Wolfenstein, so... uh, the Child Detection Agency. What was, is that? What they were called? That was yes. Child Detection Agency just came in uh, and took her away.
1: Roz was like, "You didn't
0: file your paperwork." And She's like, "I didn't have any paperwork. I'm just kind of sick." And they're like, "Oh, what is it? Twenty-seven thirteen or something? I don't. I don't know." But they yelled. They yelled numbers at her and dragged her away. P. Sherman, forty-two
1: Wallaby Way, Sydney.
0: That's a different guy. <laughs> Um, so we hope you enjoyed our discussion about Albert and uh, hopefully you want to go out and see the movie now if you haven't seen it or if you have rewatch it because we got a lot of uh, got a lot of Facebook comments about people quoting the film and you know we didn't even get into Agador Spartacus um, that may be
1: a character for another day that's got to be a future character because, because he's very, phenomenal very quotable
0: and even with like limited screen time
1: Come on, Gloria. <laughs>
0: takes a CD player. I'm just afraid of my watermelon-ness. Um, Swear
1: to God, he was saying watermelonness.
0: So, we do have a battle for this week, but because Nicole is not here, you're going to have to do the countdown and the thing by yourself. Oh,
1: my God. How am I going to count? Am I going to do one, two, three, or three, two, one? Uh, whatever. I'm is... going to have to sort it out with myself for a yes. couple of seconds. So, uh, okay. I think I'm ready. Right, this is ahead. weird. Don't...
0: <laughs> if you're waiting See, for Nicole, you... <laughs> she's not gonna. She's not here.
1: <laughs> Even by myself, I can't get it right. Okay, it's a motherfucking throwdown. Oh!
0: You skipped the countdown altogether.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like that was tripping me up. Oh my god, I can't count. You're that, tripping, Nicole. all right. Oh.
0: So, what's the battle you have uh, planned for us this week,
1: ladies and gentlemen? We're having a drag off.
0: You're supposed to be like, yeah, excitement. Excitement. Yelling. (laughs) Loud noises.
1: So we are having a drag off. It is Albert Starina Goldman versus Vince Noir on RuPaul's Drag Race. Who do you think would win?
0: That's... uh, Starina has the... um, The... The advantage of having a professional career yes, but and see, a manager who's also her husband.
1: Noir is just a walking...
0: It's, it's a tough battle. Like, ...living
1: drag queen. So, gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win.
0: All right, so... That'll be a fun a fun battle this week. We will. Uh, I'm excited
1: for this one. We're going to put up some pictures. It's going to be great. We will obviously post this
0: in the group. We will obviously, uh, I will, uh, as usual, because I think there might have been some confusion last time, this will be the pinned post in the group, and I will make sure I, I mention that. This way, anybody who wants to come and vote can just vote. Just click on the pinned post, and it'll be right there. You'll be able to vote, and we'll share it all over the place, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Bumbler, whatever. I don't know what else. What Tumble and Bumble, what? I think they were the twins from the sequel to Rudolph The Red Nosed Reindeer. Tumble and Bumble. They bounce and roll. I don't know. I don't I'm just I'm delirious. So what are we gonna talk about next week? Do you know what we're talking about next week?
1: So Our next couple of episodes that we have planned are super duper fun. Um, Both are from animated movies. Yep. DreamWorks movies, I believe, both of them. I know one of them is.
0: The second one is. The first one is uh, Paramount, Columbia Pictures.
1: So, yeah, we are going to be talking about Flint Lockwood. From the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies. And we'll also be talking about Hiccup from the How to Train Your Dragon series.
0: Yes. And uh, I have a lot to say about Flint. And uh, his supporting cast of characters is phenomenal as well. Steve! And uh, so we we will have a a lot to say about that because it's going to be a good time. And this is, again, a character, like, I don't know how long... How how it's gone this long without talking about uh, Flint Lockwood because uh, he holds a a, a very uh, near and dear place at our hearts uh, for Ashes and I. I will I'm sure we'll get into that uh, in our next episode. But yeah, our next couple of episodes will be Flint Lockwood from Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, uh, not the book, the movies, and uh, our. Uh, Next episode after that will be hiccup played by Jay Baruchel from the How to Train Your Dragon series, yep. as Ash has said. So that's what we'll be doing. If you want to leave us some feedbacks, please go ahead. We' we'll, can leave us at the uh, Throwdown Thursday podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us messages on Twitter at Td Thursday pod. Or at any of our individual handles, at Patrick Rayhall, at Ashes Von Nightmare.
1: Miss Von Nightmare.
0: Well, if you search Ashes Von Nightmare, it comes up too. yeah. Okay, but yeah, cool. at Miss Von Nightmare, Patsy the Angry Nerd, or at Patrick Rayhall, at Nick Tompkins, or at Agent, or just Agent Nicole. If you search for it. Twitter is usually pretty good about searches if you, ha- if you don't follow us already. Uh, obviously, we'll be posting it on our individual Facebook uh, accounts, as well as the group. So if you're not in the group, Uh, we just had a whole bunch of people from the Amalgamania groups swing over and uh, join up with us, so that's exciting. And uh, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Well, just a reminder for all of the peeps in and around the Worcester area, on Friday, March 30th, at the Cove in Worcester, there is the... Darkness for Light Benefit for Kim Cody, that is Dynamo Mar's very lovely lady friend. She's been going through some pretty rough times, and she's such a trooper and such a badass, and uh, she could really use our support, so... For a donation of $10 at the door, come see a slew of super awesome bands, including the Deadites, Birds and Bombs, Roger Lavallee, the Evil Streaks, and Be Lit. You must be 21 plus to enter, and it all starts at 8 p.m. I know Patrick will be there, and Agent Nicole will be there, and yours truly will be there. So if you're in the area, stop on by. It'll be a fun time. Buy me wine.
0: Yeah, and uh, you can see
1: me drunk in person. That's always fun.
0: Oh yeah. So um, I think with that being said,
1: you can we, you can give me Purin tablets.
0: Oh yeah, you can get peerin. Well, that'll be for the day after you drink all the wine. So I think with that being said, we will see, see you, you next Thursday. Thursday. <gasps>